Numbers 13, verses 1 and 2, we read, Shlach lecha anosim vayaturu et aretz chanan. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you send a man, each one a chief among them. I'm my own worst critic. This is not unusual. I do, however, remember when the view of myself changed dramatically. I was publicly humiliated by a person in authority as a teenager with language that would echo in my heart and my mind for years. During that moment, I maintained my otherwise stoic demeanor outwardly, but inwardly I was crushed. I'd been out late pursuing my dream of music and fell asleep in first period study hall, a sin of the highest magnitude. And for many years, the inner landscape of my life looked dismal. Fears became insurmountable, mountains, dreams, and ambitions, a wasteland. And as we read in Numbers 13.33, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Not only did I see the limitation of my life, everyone else in my estimation did as well. And this is the power of words. See, the Lord directs Moses to send men of authority into the promised land to see what manner of people dwelt there, how the land was, and what the settlements were like. And these men, 40 days later, bring a report and fruit of the land as evidence. But they started with words affirming the goodness of the land and of God's promises, but they ended with discouraging words doubting Israel's ability to overcome the inhabitants and to settle. The bad news was more immediate than the good news. And the response of the people was immediate. The words of ten of the twelve spies were so persuasive that the Exodus generation uh, doubted And in doubt, they fell into mournful rebellion because the landscape of God's promise became a dismal horizon. See, the spies went beyond their purpose. Rather than seeing the land with hope, they examined it critically. Failing to remember that God would bless them and the promised land, they only saw the impossibility before them. Ten voices settling doubt over promise and they shattered the lens through which they received God's word. As impassioned as Joshua and Caleb were in their rebuttal, that deep impact of fear, criticism, and doubt triumphed over the words of faith. The inspectors saw only the difficulty, and as a result, a generation went into a 40-year day trip. And again, in their assessment, they left God, his promise, and his presence out. God was excluded. See, in our own lives, we need Caleb's, we need Joshua's around us, people who will contend with those voices speaking in doubt to us, forgetting that it is God who goes before us. Yes, there is difficulty ahead, but God, it is for him to sort and settle out. He will do it. And I am thankful that in my own life, even as painful as those words spoken some 35 years ago were, that God had the last word. When I would only see the dismal horizon in my life, God provided not just two, but two numerous to recount the voices of affirmation of God's promise in my life. Yes, the horizon I see is hard. It's filled with rocks, it's roots, it's hazardous, hazards of all sorts. But 
God, not only do Caleb's and Joshua's surround me, but the Holy Spirit ministers the life of Christ to me as well. What did Messiah say? I have said these things to you that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. His promises the Holy Spirit ministers and reminds us of the word that holds all life together. Dear listener, you are far more than your worst day, even your worst moment, the worst thing you have ever done because of him. You are a fertile field of God's promise. And I pray for that to be in your heart and mind today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.